Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that produce disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes. I am Director of Adult Discipleship. And I'm Steve Manskar. I'm the Director of Wesleyan Leadership at Discipleship Ministries. Well, in our last episode, we made reference to that being our Super Bowl edition, uh, which means that this time I am still a long-suffering Falcons fan. I'm so sorry, Scott. <laughs> Only the Falcons can lose in historic fashion. We, we well, do at least that. it was historic fashion. <laughs> That's right. At least it was that. Uh, but we have something new to turn our eyes to. Spring training. Yeah, spring training. Baseball is coming. Steve's favorite time of year. Spring training is upon us. Um, we, we, we've mocked that this year was going to be the year the Braves and the Twins, my Atlanta Braves, your Minnesota Twins, would repeat 1991 and go worst to first and would again play in the World Series. How are you feeling about that prediction? Given the way the Twins have did nothing, as far as I can tell, during the off season in terms of getting the pitching that they need and... I fear the Twins are going to be the worst team in the major <laughs> leagues again this year. They're they're in a rebuilding, uh, an extended rebuilding phase right now. Uh-huh. So it, it'll it'll require some divine intervention, I think, <laughs> for a repeat of the '91 World Series. Um, All right. Well, there you go. I think your your guys, the Atlanta Braves, are in much better position. We we shall see. There's your baseball commentary. For, <laughs> for today. Uh, so so moving on. Today we're going to talk about faithfully engaging Scripture since it is. Is spring training time. In spring training, they they redo the fundamentals, right? Right now in Florida and in Arizona, they're catching ground balls and throwing, doing throwing motions. And one of the fundamentals of a small group. Pitchers and catchers are working out today. That's right. So one of the fundamentals of small groups is engaging in Scripture. And, and then it becomes a question of how do we do this well? And so to begin this episode, let's let's turn our eyes to Wesley and learn a little bit about uh, what how Wesley engaged in Scripture, because I think Wesley had a lot to teach us. Yes, he does. Wesley, John, we're going to talk about John Wesley. Um, he, first of all, he knew the Bible inside and out. He read the Bible in the original languages of Greek and Hebrew to the extent that he, I'm, he could even write his own translations of passages. But that's not say you know, and, and I'm not saying that that we we should necessarily aspire to that level to of expertise with Scripture, you know. But he did encourage the Methodists to read the Bible and to meditate it and on it and to study it and to pray with it because it's a means of grace. Spending time with Scripture is a means of grace, and it's a means of grace. In other words, God conveys grace to us when we spend time with God's Word. That Wesley was, and, and we as Christians believe that the Bible is the Word of God. It is from God, and it is authoritative for us, so that when we need to Wesley was convinced that because it is God's word, and, and and I'd encourage you to read his sermon. It's sermon number 16, titled The Means of Grace. 
And in that sermon, he highlights three works of piety, what are called works of piety, practices that open us to God's grace. Um, The first one is prayer, the second one is scripture, and the third is the Lord's Supper. So I'd encourage you, if if you're not familiar with that sermon, it's, it's really worth the time to read it. And today we're gonna focus on the second piece of scripture. And in, in the beginning of his section in, the, in that sermon where he describes how Scripture is a means of grace, he quotes Scripture. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine he, that. And what he quotes is um, 2 Timothy. Um, now I've lost my place. <laughs> Excuse me while I find my place again. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, um, I'll, I'll kind of hit the pause button a little bit and talk about the means of grace just as a phrase itself. I was questioned this past weekend by somebody. What, what do we mean by this phrase, means of grace? Means of grace are, me, a means is a way of getting to a goal, of reaching a practice or a way of reaching a goal is the means to a goal, the means to an end. You maybe like have heard that, towards, right? Yeah. So the means of grace are ways, practices that God has given us in Scripture, um, in the witness in the life of Jesus Christ and the disciples, and in in the lives of the prophets, of Moses, certain practices through which God conveys Mm. grace to us that make, they're they're things that when we do them, God promises to show up. That that there are ways that we make ourselves available to God. Or another way of thinking it is is to keep your regular appointment with God of showing up by, and one of those means of grace is prayer. Yeah. Another is what we're talking about today, scripture. Yeah. Um, so I found my place. Second Timothy chapter three. Um, it's around the 15th, 16th verse. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be reading from the message by Eugene Peterson, his translation. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, Training us to live God's way. I like that. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Thus ends the reading. <laughs> but really so, good. Yeah, go ahead. So Wesley goes off on that saying that because it is the word of God, it is authoritative for us we as Christians who are you know, followers of Jesus, and, and he, he also makes the point that Jesus himself says, read the scriptures and you will find him there. Mm. You will learn about Jesus in the scriptures. And the scriptures that Jesus is referring to is what we know as the Old Testament because they didn't have the New Testament True. when Jesus was, was talking to people. And yeah. so... You find Jesus in the prophets, in the books of Moses, in the Psalms, uh, in the, the, the history books, in the wisdom books. So 
Scripture, all of it, the Old Testament, the New Testament, is where we encounter God and where we, and so it's important for us to spend time with God. Um, and as we spend time in those scriptures, reading, studying, meditating with the scripture, that God opens us to God's yeah. grace. And God is then able to work in us through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us to faith, to help our faith to mature, yeah. and to, to, to grow, and to form us into the persons God intends us to be. Absolutely. And so scripture is one of those essential means of grace, one of those essential practices yeah. that we need to become fully the persons God created us to be and to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I just want to add one more thing to the, that means of grace conversation before we go forward. Um, in that conversation I had over the weekend, uh, it seemed helpful to this person to, to acknowledge, you know, God can use lots of different things to convey his grace, but it's these specific things we call means of grace where we can expect God to show up. That yes. We can, that, that it's in those specific ones that we can expect God to to shower us with his grace. So I think that's a helpful helpful note. Um, before we move on, I, you know, there's some things I've heard where people are, are kind of intimidated by Scripture, right? They, they come to Scripture and they see these strange laws, like they, you know, they're going to read the Bible through in a year, and they get to Leviticus, and they're like, what is going on here with these blood laws? And, or they read stories in Genesis or Exodus where God smites somebody, and it, and it seems rather confusing. And so we have to acknowledge that sometimes, for some people, reading Scripture is hard and is intimidating. And, and it's hopefully within the small group that we can help people overcome some of their um, intimidation to Scripture. Does that, would you agree with that? You think? I'm, oh, absolutely. Because okay. you know, I was just telling you before we started recording here about a, a woman that I know who lived most of her life without reading the Bible, but because of circumstances in her life, decided she wanted to start reading the Bible. And so I gave her a Bible, and she decided she could just sit in her chair in her house all by herself and read it like a novel, which yeah. is, she reads a lot of novels, so she just started reading the Bible like it was a novel. Well, she got about halfway through Genesis when she decided to give up because she didn't understand a lot of the words that were being used. And, and I, you know, I gave her this, what is it, the CEV, that new translation from the publishing house that- Oh, the CEB, Common C English Bible. CEB, CEB. Yeah, yeah. The Common English Bible, thinking that that would be an easy translation for her to read and to understand, and she still got lost in it. Sure, absolutely. And which I told her, this book isn't really meant for you to read it by yourself. <laughs> you need, we yeah. all need help. That's right. It's meant to be read in community. That's right. With other uh, Christians, with other people of faith. Yeah. Which I think is really important in a individualized culture that we remember that we do this together. And that's why those books were read and they were written for a corporate audience. So let's talk about some ways that we engage scripture. And this is a little artificial, I acknowledge that, but I think it might be helpful. And that is, I'm going to categorize what I'm going to say is left brain 
ways of engaging in scripture and right brain ways of engaging in scripture. Left brain is, is what I would imagine most people think of when it comes to studying the Bible. We might be in a classroom setting or in a circle and we've got our Bibles open and we're going to dig right into to what does the scripture say. And, and often I've seen this done pretty poorly where we ask the question, well, what does this Bible, what does this passage mean to you? Which then it becomes pretty relative of we're not really looking for, for meaning or what God has to say, just kind of how does this hit you? How does this make you feel? Uh, which is not necessarily um, very helpful. One of my um, professors at, at Asbury uh, had a very famous saying, and it goes like this, a text without a context is a pretext for whatever you want it to mean which I think is really important when we're looking at Scripture to remember the context and, and all that, you know, the, the bigger story of Scripture and how does this passage fit in. And um, we could say more about that, but I think this is a lot of what we imagine is this sort of left brain way of doing it. And nothing wrong with that. There's some strengths to doing this way. And this is what disciple is very much about, is, is learning those those big themes of Scripture. I think that's one of the things Disciple does better than about anything else, is helping us to to get that overarching understanding of what God is up to in Scripture. Um, there's, there's others as well, another called Exploring the Bible. If you happen to be in the Northeast or in the West Coast, and if you were to offer a Bible study and people would just be turned off by that, um, Exploring the Bible would be a curricula I would point you to to, to help people uh, begin to approach Scripture perhaps in ways they, they hadn't before. Um, journey through the Bible can be very helpful as you're looking at specific books of the Bible to give some context and some good questions for how to understand it. So that's the, the left brain. Before I go on, anything you want to add to that, Steve? Well, you didn't mention disciple Bible study. I did, didn't Is, I? Did, did you? I, I didn't. Oh, Sorry. I could have forgotten. Yeah, disi- yeah I mentioned People disciple. People are waiting for you to say that. I know. I think I said disciple instead of disciple Bible study. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that's what it was. I apologize. I, I shorthanded it, and I shouldn't have. Yeah, disciple Bible study. Yeah, that's what I meant by that. And and it, and it does do well, both with the the left brain, let's learn, but it aims for the transformational part. I mean, they're, they're pretty explicit about what it's supposed yeah, to it's, be Yeah, it's both informal. You learn a lot yeah. about the history of the Bible, how the Bible came to be, about the contents of the Bible. But also the, the great thing about Disciple is the small group dynamic That's right. um, does a great job with application and the, 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 what is it, the right brain part of yeah. engaging Scripture, of reaching the heart, not just the head, but the heart. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, so that's left brain. Let's talk a little bit about right brain. And, and what I mean by this is, we might say is a more imaginative, imaginative way of approaching Scripture. Uh, I think for those familiar with Lectio Divina, this is exactly what I mean by this, is a way of approaching Scripture where we're allowing Scripture to do its work within us. And we're not asking so much, you know, what did this passage mean in its original context and what did it mean to its original readers and what does that mean for us today, as much as we're we're sort of allowing ourselves to hear God's word through the words of Scripture, is how I understand Lectio Divina to be. Uh, Companions in Christ is a good curricula for people to use for those who are unfamiliar with this. To I know it's something I've used in the past to help a church who was very used to to left brain ways of doing Bible study, and when I approached them at first of doing it this way, they're like, "I ain't doing it. Not going to happen." Um, 
but once they got into it, they could see how rich and meaningful this practice can be. I know there's an, another one that you'd like to tell us a little more about in dwelling in the Word. Well, yeah, dwelling in the Word is a, a form of Lectio that's intended to be used with church, with particularly leadership groups, um, the church council, um, and groups in the church to, 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 for them to, to ground their work in the Word of God and to allow God's Word to, inf- to, to form them yeah, good word. Um, in their work and to, to be faithful to what, and to, to open their minds to what God, is already, what, what God is up to in them and in the world and in their community where yeah. they can engage and be, and be able to discern. The goal is to help them to discern what God is up to in the world Okay. And to help them then to discern how they can join in what God is already doing. Yeah, that's great. That's what dwelling in the Word is ultimately about. is is the goal of that, and it's it's a it's a wonderful process and resource that's published by Church Innovations. If you can go to the website, it's simply churchinnovations.org, and you can read more about it there. I'm going to be using it with our staff meeting on. Uh, oh, okay. I'm doing the devotions on Thursday morning, so I'm, we're going to be doing a little bit of dwelling in the Word. Oh, it'll be good practice um, with our staff. Um, but it's and it's this this form of engaging and using Scripture in small groups is the image came to me. It's it's more of allowing God to speak to us through scripture rather than sort of the you know the the left brain is more of a scientific approach. It can like, be, yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna dissect the word to, right. and do a scientific examination of the of the text simply to study it, but with little expectation that it's actually gonna do anything to me. That's right. Whereas this what you call right brain um, encounter with scripture is exactly, it's an encounter with the word of God. And we're ex- we come to it with an expectation yeah. that we're going to encounter the divine um, in, in some way. Yeah, maybe not audibly. Right. And right. that could happen. Could happen, but yeah. But usually we read, and it uh, involves reading the word aloud, and, and listening to the word being read aloud and then giving space for that word to speak to us yeah. in, in silence and then in prayer and then to pray with the words that jump off the page in our, in our imaginations. Yeah. And, and I will say in my experience, this, this can be pretty uncomfortable for a lot of adults. Yes. Right. I mean, for, for most adults, I think one of the reasons why we tend towards left brain ways of reading scripture is that what, that's what we're trained to do from an early age. We right? like to keep it at arm's length. Well, and, right. And that's what our, our uh, school system has trained us to do is study for the test. What are the right answers? What yeah. do I need to know? Right. Right. And so we're familiar with that because it's comfortable and we're used to it. Whereas when we talk about anything that's sort of meditative type practices, it can feel really funny. And so I, I would say... I would encourage you one to do this and to practice this in your small groups, but then to to make sure and and help people get over their uncomfortableness that and make a space where they can say, "This feels funny." Yep, yes, it does. That's okay. We're gonna push through that uncomfortable place, and where we'll get to uh, is gonna be better. We're gonna better uh, posture ourselves to hear from God as we continue in this practice. Um, so I'd encourage you to 
to push through that uncomfortableness. With, with either one of these, left brain, right brain, the, the goal ultimately is, is still the same. Um, and, I, and I'm going to illustrate that by a story of um, I had the great privilege of taking uh, Dr. Robert Mulholland's revelation class when I was at Asbury. It sort of had this aura to it of if you know if you got in to take the January the J term revelation month long intensive revelation exegesis class. Really intense. Whoa, <laughs> it, it was intense. Commentary we had to read was well over a thousand pages. I mean, it was it was intense and. You know, in, as you know, was it intense, Scott? Let me say that again. It was intense. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with a lot of those classes in seminary, where you'd read a Bible, you you were studying a particular book of the Bible, you'd feel afterwards you had grasped the whole of it. You felt I don't know if you'd say mastered it, but you understood it. You comprehended it better. With Revelation, by the end of that intensive month, uh, I felt more confused than when I started the class in some ways. But it was a great lesson for me, as frustrated as I was at the end of the class. And the lesson for me was this. It's, it's not about me mastering the text as much as the Bible mastering me. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me long after that class. Um, in, in memory here of Mulholland, who passed away four or five months ago, um, that has stuck with me that when I when I read scripture, it's about encountering God and not just intellectualizing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the goal is the same in either one of these scenarios. Um, and I think as long as we keep that goal in front of us, whichever way we approach this, um, that's the goal we're going to get to. Well, that, that reminds me as another way of that, that I talk about the, the the power of the means of grace of the pra- you know when we make the means of grace habits yeah and particularly with spending time each day with scripture um, either alone or with a small group you know hopefully daily alone with God and then maybe once a week or every other week or a month meeting with a small group to encounter scripture in some way together. Um, that what one thing that when these practices become habits, it's sort of like being a, it's like being a musician okay, and encountering scripture, both to study it and to, to learn it, but also to pray with it and, and allow the scripture to, to, to change me, to yeah. allow God's grace to flow through me when I encounter scripture. That the goal is like, like a musician, I've talked to musicians that have told me that their goal as a musician is to get to the place through discipline and you know, practice that they get out of the way and they and rather than them playing the music okay. the music plays them yeah that they that become sense. a channel for the music simply to mm. flow from them and that's it's the same for us as disciples of Jesus Christ that as we pra- as we spend time with God in scripture that we're able that God by grace is able to that we're able to get out of the way to allow grace to flow freely through us and so that we become fully the persons God created us yeah, to be. And then we become channels of that grace because of our encounter, regular encounter with God in the scriptures, that that changes the way we behave and treat our neighbors. Yeah. 
and the world, and we become representatives of Christ. I, I guess better representatives better, yeah, of Christ in the world. Yeah, and I know for me, one of the ways that I do that, Steve, is through uh, the Disciples Journal, which keeps me reading the lectionary every day. Um, and, I, and we've talked a little bit about this and how the lectionary has been so relevant to what's happening in our world right now. Yeah. And it's almost been uncanny. Um, there's a better word for that than uncanny. Um, but, but for those unfamiliar, the Disciples Journal was written by? Me. Steve Manson. Well, it's, it's compiled, <laughs> compiled by me. Right. Uh, but it is a great, I would, I would recommend, uh, recommend it as a great resource for those looking for a way to daily dwell in the Word um, to, to do that, uh, both in terms of Scripture. You get a, a little bit of Wesley during the week. You get a Charles Wesley uh, hymn and a prayer, and it is a great way to stay informed. And it's also a good resource for small groups to use. As you said, yeah. Reading and studying and meditating on Scripture together in yeah. your small group when you meet. Absolutely. So let's, um, let's name any other weaknesses or strengths of the left and right brain methods, and then we'll wrap up with some practical applications. Uh, and it, some of this may be um, repetitive, but that's okay. So with the left brain, um, the strengths are that it, it can inform us in terms of the whole story of redemption. We get to see who God is and the big themes of Scripture, and we, we do that through, through those left-brain exercises in reading Scripture. We get the context of what's happening and what's going on. But the weakness is that it can be mere intellectual satisfaction. Right? We, we've learned something, and so we, we feel better about it. We become that. better informed about the Bible, but the Bible right. hasn't changed me. Right, and it takes both. Right, Being right. informed about it and then... Um, allowing it to form us. And and so when we get to the right brain, some of the strengths are the focus is about what does God have to say to us today. And, and it engages our imagination in ways that sometimes the left brain does not. Um, but a weakness of this can be that if we disconnect it from the whole story of God, then it becomes that pretext to, for it to say whatever we want it to say. And, mm. and so this is why we need need both of those. So we've, we've named some practical applications already, I think. Uh, one of them was that uh, we're not to read the Bible al- alone solely, but that it's meant to be read in community. Um, and one of the other things I would say is to, to make sure we develop an, an atmosphere within the small group where we can ask, we might call them dumb questions, right? If, if you're saying, hey, everybody turn to John 3.16 and you've got that person looking at you, um, it doesn't really know, doesn't compute for them. Adults aren't good at being willing to ask those dumb questions. Uh, adults don't like to look incompetent in any way. And so when we can make an atmosphere that says, hey, it's okay to, to ask any question. If you don't know what I mean by John 3.16, what the 3 represents in the 16, feel free to ask those questions. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really important that we, um, and I, I would also say make it about, facilitation and not about the answers. Not that the answers are unimportant. We need those too. But about facilitating a conversation of what is it that we're hearing from God? Where's God calling us? Any other practical tips that you can think of or that we've not named yet? Well, I always encourage, you know, reading scripture aloud and having people listen listen to Scripture, because that's also a means of grace. That Wesley calls that the the ministry of the word. Yeah, of listening to the word of God read aloud, and then 
listening to and, and participating in the exposition and discussing what you hear, what you've heard. And allowing that, and and because I think the scripture is meant to be read aloud. Yeah, I, I would absolutely affirm that. Um, and now that you said that, it reminds me one of the activities I did during that revelation class. I had to take a, a long drive during that class, and I actually played an audio version of Revelation mm. and listened to it. And listening to it definitely changed and helped me to apprehend some things that I hadn't before. So I think that's a, I think that's a really good one. Um, another one, I think we've mentioned this before, is have a, a group covenant about when we engage in this and if there's um, differing opinions when mm, it comes to, yeah. to Scripture. You know, having that covenant helps us to engage those differences and, and not be shaken up by them. Yeah. So I think that's a, an important one. So it's, another thing to do as we wrap up here is to do our giveaway. Uh, Dee Dee Riley, who is the director of children's ministry, at Wesley Chapel United Methodist Church in Marietta, Georgia, has been very faithful at, at tweeting to us and tweeting about what she's enjoyed from the episode. So we appreciate Dee Dee a lot. And I, I know Dee Dee quite well, actually, and know she does a whole lot more at that church than simply the children's ministry. And so I, I'm, I'm really... I'm, simply the children's ministry? Well, that was phrased bad, you, wasn't it? you really want to go there? No, want... I don't. She's, <laughs> she's going to hurt me for that, as will Melanie, too, now. Yeah. I'm in trouble. I've got to watch my words better. <laughs> We'll have to make it up and make sure and give something. That's a big job is it's children's ministry. Job. Absolutely it is. That's not a job I could do. I know that. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it well, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I apologize for my wording there. Um, but yay, Dee Dee. You're going to get a copy of uh, Disciples Making Disciples, or are we going to send her something else? Well, we'll make it nice for her. We'll, we'll find I something. I think we should send her a copy of Melanie's book. That, that made me fit better. Growing Everyday Disciples. Yeah, that would fit. Yeah. Yeah, so... Congrats, Dee Dee, and um, encourage others of you to to engage in us because we do want this podcast to be as interactive as possible. So tweet us, um, encounter us on Facebook, leave us an email. Uh, you can find our emails at umcdiscipleship.org, which is our website. Steve, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, my handle is at smanskar. That's at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R. And I'm at Rev Scott's Tweets and also at UMC Adult Form, which means adult formation. So shoot us your questions. Shoot us your comments. What did you like? What, what, what didn't you like? Uh, tell us your experiences with engaging in Scripture in small groups. What do you want us to talk about? Yeah. Well, you got some ideas for us? Please, please shoot them. We certainly have lots of them, but we'd love to make sure we're answering your questions. So let us know. So with that, until next time. Peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.